From our previous discussions, we have already mentioned that literature came from the word litera, or literatura, which means writing formed with letters. We have defined literature as something mainly written, although in some cases, some of its genres are performed, such as poetry, especially its kind that has become recently popular, the spoken word poetry, and drama, which is performed on stage or on any platform witnessed by an audience. However, just as how most of the things in the world have begun, literature, even before it was defined and labeled as the kind in which we know it today, has already been existing. Earlier forms of literature include texts produced from the early civilizations. People in the ancient times also have what we have labeled as oral literature, which is also interchangeable with the term folklore at times. Though some literary scholars argue that oral literature or orature is much of a broader term. But basically, from the term itself, you get to figure out what it is. It's a type of literature that was spoken and was passed on through word of mouth. It was just later on that when people thought that there was a need to preserve the stories, that they wrote it down on pieces of paper and saved it for the next generations to read. Ever heard of the story Ang Pagong at Ang Baching? Yup, that's one of the classic examples and yup, the brief history I just mentioned is the reason why we have a variation of this story. Folklore refers to a collection of fictional stories about animals and people, of cultural myths, jokes, songs, tales, and even quotes. This, again, were originally passed from one generation to another through oral tradition. If I'm not mistaken, earlier civilizations have a bard or a group of people who tell stories in front of an audience for the sake of entertainment. The thing about folklore also is that it's deeply embedded with the culture of the people where the stories originated. Although most of the folklore that we know now are those which have a universal tone to it, meaning it's applicable not only in one culture, but to others as well. These stories were also those that our ancestors used in order to somehow make sense of how the world works. These are stories that for them explain how things come to order. For example, explanations about why there is day and night or an explanation as to why and how a specific food existed or sometimes a set of beliefs and values. These stories sometimes might not make sense to us in this time and age, but these were very relevant to make us understand also a portion of our ancestors' world before and how it worked. Generally, folklore could be categorized into four. Folk tales, fables, legends, and myths. There are fine thin lines to distinguish one from another. Other cultures might not also conform as to how these four are generally described. A quick differentiation though is that myths refer to stories about gods and goddesses, who despite having supernatural abilities somehow reflect human emotions as well. Stories from the Greek and Roman mythology are great examples of these timeless tales. Legends, on the other hand, talk about people who could have probably existed in history 
but her stories were also exaggerated to make them look like heroes. An example of a legend is Robin Hood's story, as well as the legend of King Arthur. Fables are stories that star animals as their main characters. But these animals embody human attributes and characteristics, and their stories often tell morals, which are usually reiterated and summarized at the end of the story. Lastly, folktales are stories about the usual everyday life of the people during their earlier times. Though, from time to time, if you have read it, you notice the existence of magic and the supernatural in the narratives, only because it was how people perceived life before. They believe in magic and supernaturals and practice rituals and ceremonies. Fairy tales are a subcategory, but take note that most of the popular fairy tales that we know today were somehow modernized and changed to appeal to one's liking. Also, fairy tales that have authors aren't considered as folk literature, basically because it's not a work originally produced in ancient times. However, just like what I have mentioned, aside from these four general categories, there are still other subcategories of folk literature, and not all cultures have the same definition and take about these categories I have just mentioned. The Philippines, for example, is rich with folk literature, a proof that the country has its identity already even before Spain came to conquer it. According to the literature textbook written by Solmerano on Divilia, Palencia, Jerusalem, and Cruz, pre-colonial inhabitants of our islands showcase a rich past through their folk speeches, folk songs, folk narratives, and indigenous rituals and mimetic dances. In her book about the Philippine folk literature, University of the Philippines professor Namiana Eugenio classified Philippine folk literature into three folk narratives, folk speech, and folk songs. Folk narratives can either be in prose or in poetry. Those which take the prosaic form are myths, alamat or legends, and kwentong bayan or folk tales. Take note in the Philippine setting, myths and folktales are similar to how it was described a while ago. Myths are stories about gods and goddesses. They are stories that usually tell about the creation of things, the world, people, culture, animals, etc. The thing also with myths is that these stories were believed to be true and recognized by the people as part of their religious beliefs before. Kwentong bayan or folk tale refers to the stories of people's everyday lives at that time. However, legends are taken differently in the Philippine setting. Ever heard of Ang Alamat ng Pinya? Or Ang Alamat ni Maria Makiling? What about Alamat ng Pase? If you're quite familiar with these stories, you might take notice that these narratives do not always talk about people who had heroic deeds. Usually, these stories are explanations of how things came to be, an explanation of their existence. For example, Ang Alamat ng Pinya talks about the spoiled Pinang, who was so loved by her mom that she got a little too lazy. One day, 
Pinang's mom got sick, but Pinang, the oh-so-lazy little girl, did not bother to take care of her mom, much more follow her orders. Because of that, her mom cursed, wishing Pinang to have many eyes so she could easily see the things her mom ordered her to look for. Unfortunately, even without her mom really desiring for her to have many eyes, Pinang suddenly turned into then an unknown fruit shape as if a head with dots embedded at it, looking as if their eyes. And that, the folks say, is the origin of pineapple. Legends or alamat in the Philippine setting talk about the origins of things. You might ask, what's the difference then between legends and myths? Myths, again, are stories involving gods believed and worshipped by the earlier Filipinos before. Whereas alamat or legends are those stories that somehow have historic validity that made it seem to be more truthful to the locals. Folk epic, on the other hand, is a type of folk narrative written in verse. These are stories that involve a hero whose deeds are larger than life. One of the best examples of a folk epic is the Ilocano epic called Tiyag ni Lumang, which celebrates Lumang's expedition in looking for his father, who was killed by the Igorots of the Cordillera Mountains. Another classification of Philippine folk literature is folk speech, which has two kinds, bugtong or riddles, and salawikain or proverbs. Riddles, as defined by Oxford Dictionary, is a question or statement intentionally phrased so as to require ingenuity in ascertaining its answer or meaning, typically presented as a game. Now, this word game wasn't just created for fun, but it was originally an ancient verbal, poetic, or literary form that expresses a hidden meaning. It is metaphorical in nature as it subtly reveals similarities of seemingly two unlike objects. Proverbs or salawikain expresses norms or codes of behavior, community beliefs, or they instill values by offering nuggets of wisdom and short rhyming verse. Lastly, we have folk songs as another classification of Philippine folklore. A folk song is usually written in verse, a form of lyric poetry that talks about people's hopes and aspirations, even their lifestyles. This could be lullabies or harana, songs used for courtship. There are also folk songs about drinking, for livelihood, wigs, etc. The Philippines is indeed rich in folk literature, that there's still so much more to read and explore. Ever wondered who were the deities believed by our ancestors before? What are their powers? What can they do? Or are you curious as to where the name of your place probably originated? The answer is now within your reach. With just a click of your hand using the internet, you can now explore numbers of Philippine folk literature.